Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. It's the most famous home in Cleveland. Since my dad first apprenticed, and long after he became a master plumber, Wyatt Works has had hundreds of longtime customers in Shaker Heights. So when the Van Swearingen homeowner needed the entire mansion replumbed back in the 80s, he called dad. The kicker, he didn't want us to make any holes in the walls. So we promised him we'd make less than eight holes in out-of-the-way places and patch them to be invisible. And we did. Replumbed the entire place through seven tiny incisions in the walls. Wallakadoodle! Dad's usually a humble guy, but we all take fierce pride in our work. And he's really proud of the Van Swearingen job. It was a magic trick. Want to know how we did it? Ask a Wyatt Works plumber. Now, you don't have to live in a historically registered mansion to call Wyatt Works. But I promise you, We'll take just as much pride and care for your home as if it were. Consider it done at WyattWorks.com. License number 30185. Stephen, I'm looking at the show notes, and today it says Ford and the word model, and I'm thinking the Ford modeling company, well, this could be kind of fun (laughs) and exciting. I kind of wish now. I think I'm going to disappoint you. We are talking about a Lizzie, but it happens to be Tin Lizzie. The Model T. The Model T Ford. That's what we're going to go back and talk about. But before I get started, I wanted to read something to you. I'm not sure whether you read this week's Monday Morning Memo. You know, Roy does a memo every Monday. Roy's consistency on the memo is kind of what really inspired me when I approached you for doing this podcast of really wanting to produce something every week and do that consistency. Now, I had a long time to catch up to him. He's been doing it for like 30 years or some crazy number. But there was a piece I came across in the Monday Morning Memo, and you can see this going to mondaymorningmemo.com, that I want to read because I want to share. Because to me, it captures the real essence of what we're doing in this podcast and also specifically why we're going to talk about the Model T for today. Let me just put a preface on this. We record these things pretty pretty far in advance sometimes. And I, I want to make sure that if, if somebody wants to go back and read this particular Monday morning memo, we're talking about the December 20th, 2021 Monday morning memo. Thank you for that, Dave. So David, here's what Roy wrote. But what makes them wonderful? Wonderful things were touched by someone who knew the secret of wonder and how to capture it. When you know how to capture wonder, you carry it on your head, your heart, and your hands. You glitter when you walk. Isaac Newton knew how to capture wonder, and he passed the secrets forward in just 14 words. Countless millions have read those words and assumed Newton was talking about himself. He was not. Newton was giving you his most precious advice. He was telling you how to capture wonder. He was telling you how to glitter when you walk. In 1675, Newton wrote, I have seen further. It is by standing on the shoulders of giants. Isaac Newton stood on the shoulders of Galileo, Kepler, and Copernicus in astronomy. Huygens, Euclid, Henry Briggs, Isaac Barrow in math, Kepler and Descartes in optics, Plato, Aristotle in philosophy. Newton combined the insights of these men and made them uniquely his own. Choose your giants. Stand on their shoulders. 
repurpose the proven. Vincent van Gogh stood on the shoulders of Monticelli and Hiroshigi long after they were dead. They taught him how to paint. He studied their paintings, captured their wonder, and made it his own. Johnny Depp stood on the shoulders of Pepe Le Pew, the cartoon skunk, and Keith Richards, the Rolling Stones. They taught him how to capture Captain Jack Sparrow. Depp studied their mannerisms, captured their wonder, and made it uniquely his own. Roy says he stands on the shoulders of John Steinbeck, Ernest Hemway, Robert Frost, Tolkien, Paul Harvey, and Robinson. They taught him how to write. In fact, he says he borrowed the smokeless of Burning Decay from Robert Frost and Glitter When You Walk from Robinson. Here's the reason why I share that. That is what we do here. We stand on the shoulders of giants. Roy is an amazing writer and he stands on the shoulders of those writers. My gift that I bring is being able to look at these business models and say, man, this is what you can use and learn from in the past and apply it today to drive you forward. Stand on the shoulders of giants. That's what we do in this podcast. That's what we're helping the listener do. If you're, if you're trying to build a business and you're not sure which giant's shoulders to stand on, well, we're talking about those giants every week. We talk about them every week. We talk yeah. about self-made billionaires like Sarah Blanke and Tony Hsu. We talk about companies like Ford. We talk about companies like Intel. But the things that they did that turned them into giants. And today... We're going to be talking about a company and an innovation that probably changed the world like no one has before. It's, it's really quite remarkable. And even today, you know, Ford is still a monster in the car business. They're the fifth largest car maker in the world. They make over 4 million cars a year. To put that in perspective, that's 11,000 cars a day. That's 450 every hour. Every seven to eight minutes, every eight seconds, there's a car being made by Ford. But here's a staggering fact. In 1925, they were making 10,000 Model Ts a day. That's almost as many cars as they make today. And that was all domestic consumption. And in 1925, there was only 115 million people in the United States. It was a third of the population of what it is today. The advent of the Model T Ford changed the world. Yeah. You know, what, one of the things I think about when I think of standing on the shoulders of giants and, and especially things like that, when you talk about the sheer numbers, uh, to me, one, one of the biggest benefits is these giants think bigger thoughts. When I think about somebody like Ford and putting out that many cars a day, that's just a bigger thought than I usually come up with in my own head. You stand outside the Hoover Dam you know, in, in, near Las Vegas, and, and you think, oh, man, somebody thought a huge thought when they thought, we'll just damn this entire canyon, right? I mean, it's just... Yeah, um, absolutely. You, you, you think bigger thoughts, and it just makes you have bigger plans. Well, and let's put in perspective how big this went. In 1900, there was 4,192 cars built in the United States. Now, here's some interesting thing. 935 are gas. 1,575 were electric. And guess what? 1,681 were steam-powered. But by 1908, eight years later, and this is the year that the Model T was introduced, there were 2,000 cars on the road and there were 500 companies making automobiles. Hmm. By 1919, 6.7 million. By 1929, 27 million cars. Hmm. 
went from 4,000 to 27 million in basically 20 years. And over this time, there were 15 million Model T Fords sold. More than half of the cars on the road were Model T Fords. And look, the Model T remained the best-selling car of all time until the Volkswagen Beetle, which you can listen to in episode 21, uh, came along. So it's this massive change. And in the show notes, I've got two pictures that I've put up. And one is a photograph taken on Fifth Avenue at Easter and Fifth Avenue in 1900. And when you look in that picture, it is all horse-drawn carriages. Mm. There is one car, one car to be found. And then there's another picture that I found of Times Square taken in 1922. There's not a horse to be found. It is all cars. Think about that staggering change. We think that the internet brought us a staggering change. And honestly, I have to think that those 20 years between going from horses to all cars had to have been a much bigger change in just the way everybody lived. I don't think about the way I live being that much different between today and before the internet, other than I spend a lot more time in front of an electronic device. Yeah, it's a massive change. So here's what we're going to talk about today is how to Ford create this change because the thing that he brought was this idea of the moving assembly line and it was more discovered than than invented let's talk about that so ford was founded on june 16th 1903 by henry ford in dearborn michigan but the first model t was sold on october 1st 1908 so basically there was five years where they were making cars that were not model t and ford did like everybody else they were making expensive cars they started off in 1903 making, you know, the Model A, and then they did the Model K, and then they did the Model S. And in 1907, they did their first six-cylinder model, known as the Gentleman's Roadster and the Silent Cyclone. And these cars were all expensive. Like, so, for example, the Gentleman Roadster sold for $2,800. And to put in perspective, in 1908... The average wage was 22 cents an hour. A laborer would make between two to $400 a year. A competent account would make a couple grand. Cars were expensive and for yeah. the rich. And Ford knew that what he wanted to create was something that was for the common man because he was out seeking ideas. And the Model T, when it was first introduced, came out at $850. But by 1925, fell to $265. That would be the equivalent of $4,000 in today's money. And the reason why we know he was out seeking a solution is, so they were making cars, and there's already a bunch of things that they were doing. They had already created this whole idea of outsourcing parts. That idea was created by Oldsmobile, and Ford was doing it as well. Also, this idea of standardized parts, Cadillac had already created that idea. So they're already doing those those things to create innovation. The next step was figuring out really how to bring it down. And Ford was very interested in automation. It's well documented that in 1906, he went and he visited the 40 acre Sears warehouse, this huge warehouse that Sears had for handling mail orders. So he'd been investigating all of these, all of these things. But the interesting thing is the moving assembly line is the thing that made the difference. And the moving assembly line is product comes to you. So there's kind of two conveyor belts. One bringing the car, 
The other bring in the parts and the worker stays in place, putting the pieces in. And Ford didn't invent that. Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. How's business? Yeah, good. Why isn't it great? Uh, we, we were growing 20, 30% every year for five years. Then we went flat in the last three. Growth used to be easy. Now, nothing we do seems to have the same effect anymore. If you're not growing, you're dying, and I can't stand to think we've hit the top and are coming back down. So you build a hell of a castle and you're worried. Maybe it's time to build an empire. Huh? What you got here won't get you to where you want to go. You need a fresh perspective. There's these guys that are looking for business owners just like you. Smart, customer-focused, but with flat sales. What do they do? Build empires, but they don't work with just anyone. You have to be customer-focused. So what exactly do they do? Well, some say they're marketers, but I call them crusaders. Check out their website at empirebuilderprogram.com. Like what you see, set up a meeting. Crusaders, empires, castles. I think someone's been getting so old they're medieval. Empirebuilderprogram.com. Check it out before you become a dinosaur. You mean dragon. No, I mean dinosaur. They were good too, for a while. Sure you want to be just good? Empirebuilderprogram.com. Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. Ford did not invent that. It was an employee of Ford's, William Pa Clan. There's lots of people who have been given credit, but this is well documented in the Ford Museum. Here's the brilliance. So we're always talking about, at the beginning of this, you know, you're, you're seeking bigger ideas and, 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 and bigger things. And, and Clan discovered this idea of the moving assembly line when he visited a slaughterhouse. Ah. So he visited a slaughterhouse in Chicago, and what he noticed was how quickly a pig could be taken apart. So it was a moving disassembly line. It was a moving disassembly line, exactly. Person would stand there and they would do a very specific cut of meat. Move to the next person, they do a very specific cut of meat. Move to the next person. In a very efficient manner, they took a pig apart. And he went, well, why couldn't you just do that in reverse? So you didn't need to have skilled butchers at every station. You needed to have somebody and teach them how to make the one cut that they were going to make. Teach them how to make the one cut they were going to make. And that inspired him to go, you know what? We could build cars that way and create that efficiency and that training. And in fact, I'll put this in the show notes. There's an early YouTube video that's segments of a training video that was actually made in 1920s for training people on how to put the cars together. William Paw saw this idea and he reported the idea to Peter Martin, who was the head of Ford production, who at first was a little bit skeptic, but encouraged him to pursue the idea. And they began building Model Ts that way, and they eventually divided the process into 45 steps, and they could build a Model T from start to finish in 93 minutes. 93 minutes. 93 minutes. That's just yeah. amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And they were yeah. coming off the assembly line every 10 or 15 seconds, right? Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. But but start to finish, 93, yeah. 93 minutes. Now, I'm sure you've heard this line, and I wasn't able to find out whether this line was ever actually said by Henry Ford, but it was attributed to him. Have you ever heard the line, you can have it in any color as long as it's black? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, and a lot of people will say that, and that was sort of part of his pushback on uh, customization and everything needed to be automated. 
But that's actually not why that line was said. That line was said was because when they first started making the Model T Ford, it was in multiple colors. You could get it in green, you can get it black, get a bunch of different colors. But as they sped up the assembly line, they ran into a problem. And the problem was the paint was the bottleneck. It wouldn't dry fast enough. Mm. Yeah. It needed to dry basically in 93 minutes. So the only paint that could dry fast enough was a paint called Japanese black. So the reason was speed, yeah, not customization. In 1926, they started making different colors again because Duco lacquer was invented. And Duco lacquer allowed them to paint in colors and have it dry as fast as Japan black dried. The vision to say, okay, well, that's our bottleneck. We're going to eliminate the bottleneck by reducing choice. And I suppose in those days, you, you could go get your car painted by somebody else. Yeah, but they were forced to reduce it to one color. Yeah. Simply because that was the only one that dried fast enough until they could figure out how to make other paints dry fast. Well, and you probably know the answer to this, but it wasn't, let's put out a car every 93 minutes because we're stockpiling these cars. We think that, that eventually people are going to want them. No, there was demand. Absolutely, they were trying to meet demand because they dropped the price to the point where the everyday man could buy a car. One half of the cars on the road were Model T Fords, yeah. which is just absolutely remarkable. And the impact it had on the world is just staggering. But here's the thing. We often hear businesses go, you know, my idea that I'm going to do is I'm going to reduce prices and that's going to create this, this big demand. And we've seen businesses do that, but it's not by reducing prices a little bit. Cars were two and $3,000 and yeah. he brought them down to $425, right? One fifth of the price. That's not a small drop. That is a staggering drop. The other thing that he changed in terms of business models, Henry Ford, is the common thing in businesses at the time was to distribute profits, all the profits to the shareholders. He created this idea of, no, we're reinvesting to build further plant and equipment and automation to stay ahead of the competition. Because they stayed ahead of the competition for a long time, yeah, for many, many years. But it's not about you know, expanding your market and really making a, a difference using price as your strategy. You can only use price as your strategy. It's about dropping the price in a staggering amount. And typically, for that to occur, it means you have to change the cost structure of the business. You've yeah. had to come up with something that's so dramatically, that's also hard to copy, but that dramatically changes the cost structure mm -hmm. that you're able to just go, I'm going to drop it down. And we're going to have other examples and other podcasts of businesses that have done that. All right. That's a, a terrific one, though. Henry Ford, a great uh, giant to stand on the shoulders of, I guess. Great giant to stand on the shoulders of. Take a look at those pictures. It is mind-boggling when you think about the change. And when you think about even things like how quickly then gas stations would have had to develop and mechanics and roads. I mean, it's just... Yeah everything you need to, to put millions of cars on the road yeah absolutely the speed of change in that time was just 
remarkable. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review at Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to schedule your own 90-minute Empire Building session, you can do it at empirebuildingprogram.com.